The very first YMYW live webinar was so much fun, we've decided to do it again. Join us Wednesday, May 27th at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern time to get your money questions answered live and on the spot by Joe and Big Al. Visit the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to sign up. Hit that link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to get there. Today on the Your Money, Your Wealth podcast, Joe and Big Al talk about financial planning strategies that come from the CARES Act stimulus package, specifically the provisions on coronavirus-related distributions from retirement accounts and required minimum distributions, or RMDs. Plus, the eagle-eared listeners of YMYW have plenty of clarifications, corrections, and questions about dependence, thanks to episode 271. And the fellows review two very different market volatility strategies. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. I want to thank everyone for joining us on the webinar this week. Uh, first one, thought it was okay. That's fine. I thought it was great. I it. Yeah, you know, uh, we have a couple of questions and comments that we'll rifle through here um, that we weren't able to answer. Uh, Tina writes in, if the married couple owned for 2019 and received the $2,400, does the tax credit increase that they might owe for 2020? What? They owed for tw- married 2019. Couple owed for 2019. If they owed taxes in 19 and they received the $2,400, does that tax credit increase what they might owe for 2020? So basically, I think it's they're asking about the clawback. Or does it add to earned income? Answer is no. Yeah. So so essentially, if you qualified to, to receive the $1,200 stimulus payment per person or $2,400 married couple, in 19, regardless of what your income is in 2020, you don't have to pay any of it back. It doesn't affect your taxes. Cool. Uh, Batman, um, hi, guys. Does the $1,200 have to be paid back to the gov? And if so, how? No. No clawbacks. So if you got your, your $1,200 and you make more money in 2020, I think a lot of people are going to probably do conversions or something, it seems like, you know, for this year. Yeah. Um, they're seeing the writing on the wall. And then right. all of a sudden my income is going to be higher in 2020. Do I have to pay the thing back? If my income is higher in 2020, if I received it from a 2018 or 19 return, the answer is no clawbacks. Um, Batman, another one. What about investing your cap gains in qualified opportunity zones, especially if you have no losses against which to offset your gains? Well, you can do that. You got like a 30-second little response for Batman? Yeah, a qualified opportunity zone. That, that's, that's investing generally in, in real estate in an in a, in a opportunity zone that's, that's um, considered like, like lower, you know, disadvantaged areas. I think there's around 8,000 or 9,000 such areas in the United States. So here's the basic rules is that you can take your capital gain like let's say you sell uh, a, a piece of property for a million bucks and have a $400,000 gain. All you have to reinvest is that $400,000 gain and then you don't have to pay any tax currently on that gain as long as you invest in a qualified opportunity zone. Now you have, uh, if you hold the investment at least five years, you get a 10% uh, reduction on your gain. If you hold it seven years, you get a another 5%, so 15% reduction on your gain, but you do have to pay the tax in full uh, at December 31st, 2026. So it's, it would be coming. So it's not a, it's not a permanent uh, deferral, but it is a deferral. Uh, but the cool thing about opportunity zones is if there's any future gain on that investment, you don't have to pay any tax on that. 
So that's the basic rule. Okay. Uh, so Tim, if get laid off from one of two jobs working, can you file for unemployment for the job laid off from due to COVID-19? Answer is yes. Um, absolutely. File for unemployment on the other job that you lost. Yeah, you can even file if you, if you still have your job but are working less hours. Uh, my college-aged daughter's claimed as a dependent on her tax return. She lost her on-campus job when the campus went viral. Her earnings virtual. paid. <laughs> oh, viral. Did I say viral? Yeah, that's, virtual. Sorry, that's, virtual. That's good. Virtual. Um, her, her earnings paid for some college expenses. So now I am. Since she is part of our economic unit, um, I think her loss income is a virus impact. What say you? I don't know. I think so. I think it is for her. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not so sure it's for you, Craig. Uh, go for it. <laughs> Christine, she writes, who cut Joe's hair? Looks good. You haven't had a cut for a while, right? You, you know, I got a or little. No, um, I have barbershops, Alan. I know you own barbershops. And so I you, you employ got, barbers. And then so it. I had one come to my house. Got it. But this, th- it was a while ago. It was about three weeks ago. So now. I kind of put a little bit extra stuff in it. Got, got some nice gel. Yeah. You know, I mean, nice. I'm looking at it right now. It's, it's, it's amazing. Looks great. Uh, Nick writes in, Joe's board looks like my three-year-old's uh, artwork. Hmm. Thanks a lot, Nick. It's called the Tax Control Triangle. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. You know, people like to take pictures of that. They do. Um, hopefully got some out of that. I, I actually do, when I meet with uh, clients, I do that on paper and it comes out way messier. And sometimes people want me to sign it and keep it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Autographs. I mean, that white paper, I mean, there's been multiple times in classes where they, you know, they at the pictures. break, they come up, they take pictures of the yeah. stuff. Yeah. I'm like, right. are you kidding me? I'll take my shirt off. Take a picture of that. <laughs> I don't think that's appropriate. For this uh, uh, so this is from Perry from... South Jersey, uh, dear sirs in Andy, just want to comment on my satisfaction with the part of the CARES Act, namely suspending RMDs. I should point out that I'm comfortable with investments in Roth, traditional IRA, inherited IRA, and non-qualified funds. Fearing significant paperwork, I was reluctant to suspend my inherited RMD distributions that I received from two sources. I did call each and was delighted to find they could do suspension in minutes over the phone and the distribution would resume in January, 2021. Tax-wise, this means instead of taking $30,000 as a taxable inherited IRA RMD this year, I will do a Roth conversion of $30,000 and pay the same taxes, mostly in the 22% tax bracket. I am constantly trying to keep taxable income low to avoid Medicare surcharges, loss of senior property tax freeze, tax bracket creep, and even got the recent full $1,200 in rebate. Just wanted to say how easy this is. Your loyal and obedient financial servant. Wow. Wow. Perry, thank you. That's a, that's a very nice email. Good start. And um, yeah, I think you're, Perry, you're doing a lot of the right things. So, I mean, I don't know why I thought it was, so, it was going to be a pain in the ass to, to suspend his RMD. Well, it turns out it wasn't. <laughs> just, you know? just pick up the phone and say, please stop sending me money. But you never know, right? Because you have this image that you got to talk to your custodian and they send you some paperwork. You fill it out. You send it to the wrong place. You send it again. It's the wrong paperwork. You, yeah, I, I can just imagine that's what he was thinking. So, um, but a couple of things, Perry, is that 
he's got an inherited IRA that he suspended the RMD on. It sounds like thirty thousand bucks. Right. Uh, he is also have another IRA that he's doing the conversion on. So hopefully he didn't convert the inherited IRA because yeah, that's you can't, do that. you can't do that. That's that's right. Um, so a, a couple of high notes here that uh, Perry's talking about in regards to the CARES Act. Uh, so they suspended required minimum distribution, or they acted, I guess, or the IRS, that you do not have to take a required minimum distribution this year, uh, either out of an inherited IRA or your own IRA 401k 403b. So they suspended them. Uh, so you do not have to take it. The reason being is that uh, for seniors, I guess, that saves you a little bit of money in tax if you don't pull the money out. But I think what Perry's doing is better planning because we're in all-time low tax brackets. Where do you think tax rates are going to go after this storm? <laughs> well, it's a, you know, of course, we never know. I will qualify it that way. But it does seem we're adding trillions of dollars to our national debt on top of what we already had. So I don't know where we're at right now, Joe. It's probably $24 trillion, yeah. $25 trillion. You know, someone's <laughs> going to fact check me. It'll be 27 whatever. But it's, it's a big number. And so how do we pay for that? I mean, there's a couple ways. You can increase taxes. That's, that's one way. You could also print more money, right? But that causes inflation, inflation. and that's, that actually is no good. I mean, neither alternative is, is good at all. So usually what happens is, uh, is it may be a little combination, right? But it's, it seems to me that it's likely that taxes will go up at some point in the future just because we have all this debt that we got to pay off. So Perry's saying, all right, well, I was already going to pay the tax on a $30,000 distribution from a required distribution. I'm going to take 30 grand from my IRA and convert, uh, mostly in the 22. Perry, I would go back and convert to the top of the 22 because I think it'll be a blessing that you'll ever pay 22% in tax as a single yeah, taxpayer. Yeah, if, if uh, Perry is in the 22% bracket now, he'll be in the 25% bracket in 2026 when the rates come back. And that's just the, the old rates coming back. And that what, what we're suggesting is, or what we're kind of wondering is, will rates go up from there? And the answer is, they sure could because they've been a lot higher. In fact, we're kind of, I wouldn't say we're at all-time lows, but almost all-time lows in the history of the IRS. And so you think about when do you want to do a conversion? You want to do a conversion when your income is lower, when the tax rates are lower, right? Which is what's going on right now. The market The account lower. balance is lower. Account balance is lower. So you get your recovery in the Roth, which is tax-free. It's like, you know, I hate to say the word perfect storm because it's so overused, but this, because <laughs> I'm going to say it, I already did say it. It's a perfect storm to do a Roth conversion right now. So, but he's also worried about Medicare surtax, uh, surcharges. Uh, so what, what, I forget what law that's on, Irma or something like that. So you have a little bit of an, you know, depending on your adjusted gross income, uh, they increase your overall Medicare premiums. Well, well, they do. And, and so at, at various income thresholds, and if you go over by a dollar, then all of a sudden your Medicare premiums in two years from now are going to be a little bit higher. Like, like for example, uh, um, uh, let's just go with a married couple. Uh, and this is, it's always a two-year look back. So for 2020, they look at 2018. So for a married couple, if their income is below 174000 uh, modified adjusted gross income, then they pay the lowest Medicare monthly rate, which is 144 bucks. If they go above that, it goes to $202. So let's just round numbers. It's about a $60 increase, right? So 
60 times 12 is a little over $7,000 of of extra Medicare. So I would just consider that like an extra tax and and calculate what this impact is. And I think you'll find in the 22% bracket or even the 24, it's still a pretty good deal. Yeah, it's cheap. I mean, you you, you just take that extra, right, the Medicare surcharge, and then you just call that a a tax. Yeah, just add it to what the the expected tax is, even though you won't have to pay it for two years, but it's coming. Right. Right. It's coming for two years. And then if you don't do a conversion the next year, then your Medicare premiums go down again. So yeah, exactly. you might want to take a, a, a pretty good chunk out one year. You just have that surcharge uh, for the one year. Right. All right, Perry. Thanks, buddy. Uh, appreciate you uh, chiming in. Uh, part of the show here. We got Mark writing in from San Diego. He goes, hi, Joe, Alan, Andy. Um, hope you're all doing well. I just finished listening to t- uh, episode 271. You remember that one, Al? It's pretty good. Uh, It it was probably great. (laughs) Probably recent, right? Um, Is your arm getting sore, Andy, from holding up the clock? Is it backwards for you? I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. Yes, I'm good. (laughs) She's holding the clock up through the Zoom thing, and you can see it. Yeah, yeah, I can see it shake. So you and I are together, but Andy is uh, safely in her home. Uh, We got, hi, Joe. Alan, Andy, hope you're doing well. I just finished listening to episode 271 and had an idea regarding coronavirus-related distribution. My current 403B has high custodial service fees and limited investment choices. Since I qualified to take an early withdrawal penalty-free furloughed, uh, what do you think about taking the distribution, placing it instead in my more preferable Vanguard IRA or brokerage account? Better choices in significantly lower fees in deciding before or at the end of three years, whether I want to pay it back or pay the taxes. Either way, I will at least save on those annual 403B custodian fees up to three years. What do you think? Thanks. And kick ass, sea bass. There you go, Mark. Yeah. Kick his ass, sea bass. Um, dude, Mark, you're, you're right on track. I would absolutely do that if I were you. If you qualify for a coronavirus-related distribution, a CRD for short there, Al. Very good. Um, yeah, take it out of the 403B. The only catch with that strategy is that you want to make sure that the 403B is eligible for a distribution. Uh, so it's still up to the plan doc in some cases, but employers are putting that language in for these coronavirus related distributions. So I would take the $100,000 out. It doesn't have to be re, um, deposited back in the 403B. It just said it needs to be, if you want to pay it back, it needs to be deposited into a qualified plan. So that's an IRA. So if you want to put it into your IRA at Vanguard, another strategy there too is that then it's sitting in the IRA. You might over the next couple of years slowly convert the IRA into a Roth IRA. You know, just going back to kind of the same, um, I guess, theme as Perry it's a lot easier to convert an IRA to Roth IRA versus, you know, your 403B that you might be stuck in. Yeah, I like that. And Joe, just one more quick thing is, is if he does, uh, Mark, if you do put it in your brokerage account, you do have three years to put it back into the IRA, but you have to pay one third of the tax this year, one third next year, and then one third the following year. So if you put it all back, you basically will then get a refund for taxes you paid in year one and year two. So just be aware of that. Or it depends on how much money that he has, too, and how old he is. It might make sense to take the distribution, put it in a brokerage account, pay the tax over three years, too. Yeah, maybe. Right? right? Because, I mean, with, with individuals that, that have zero tax diversification, that have everything in a retirement account, he's got a 403B, so he might have a pension as well. Right? Um, so, usually, if it's a school teacher or something like that, 
Uh, so if he's got a pension, maybe the spouse has got Social Security, they might have a large fixed income, and then all your liquid assets are in a retirement account. Using this CARES Act to kind of maneuver your assets around, um, you know, is, is I think a good idea. And also, it's a good safety cushion. Who knows what the hell is going to happen to us six months from now, uh, but you have to make the distribution uh, in the year 2020. We do still have a few more questions from last week's webinar, which we will tackle either in an upcoming podcast or on the next YMYW live webinar on Wednesday, May 27th. And keep in mind, these YMYW live webinars, they are exclusively for you, the folks that listen to the Your Money, Your Wealth podcast. Visit the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to sign up for free and join us live. Hit that link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes and get yourself a copy of our free CARES Act guide while you're there. Now, you know how Joe always said this podcast is not advice. It's just a couple kids having a chat, making a few suggestions. That especially applies to episode 271. Um, all right. We got David. He writes it from New York City. Uh, hopefully you're safe and sound in New York City, David. Um, he goes, hi, everyone. Been listening to the podcast for a year or so and always enjoy the info in the banner. Great to get some laughs along with solid financial advice. My question is on a topic that came up in episode 271. Popular. Dude, killed it. (laughs) 271's a very popular episode. It's going to go in the archives. Everyone's referencing 271. People are walking down the street. They're like, hey, 271, great episode. (laughs) Yeah, you know 271? Yeah, I know it. Uh, um, About dependents and the stimulus uh, payments. You answered a question from a college student who wanted to know if she'd get a check if her parents declared her as a dependent. You advised that her parents shouldn't because there'd be zero benefits since the tax law changed and since that would make her ineligible for the stimulus. Uh, That made me wonder if our accountant who filed our taxes a few days before the CARES Act was passed missed the chance for my son, a 19-year-old full-time college student, living on campus during the school year, but otherwise home and with no earned income except for modest distributions from an UNTMA account, to get a $1,200 check this year. He was listed as a dependent on our return, but appears that there was at least some benefit to us, a $500 tax credit, line 13A on the 1040. Of course, it's not 1200 in my son's pocket, but would he even have received that much with only a few hundred dollars of income from those distributions? Also, does the fact that he's not living independently make him ineligible for the payment? Meanwhile, if my son is not listed as a dependent for 2020, Though he'd still not be living independently, would he be eligible for a check then because he didn't get anything in 2019? He may have some earned income from a summer internship. If COVID-19 doesn't torpedo the internship program, it's live for now. In addition to those investment distros, but that that wouldn't be huge. Thanks for the info. Stay well. All right, there's a lot of meat on the bone here. Yeah, there is. All right, so I guess in episode 271, there was a college student that her parents were claiming her as a dependent. Right. Kelsey, I happen to remember. Kelsey. And we were like, Kelsey, probably shouldn't have your parents claiming as a dependent because there's no benefit for the parent to claim a child over the age of what, 17 or something like that to be claimed as a dependent. Yeah, I do. Th- I think that is what we said. And, th- and that would have been a wrong statement. So let's clarify. Okay. Okay. 
I got called out on it, and I'm okay with that. I'm not perfect. So uh, here's the rule. The rule is if, the, if your child is 16 years or younger, at, by the end of the tax year, uh, you get the, uh, the child credit of 2000 bucks. Yes. Okay? When they're 17 uh, and 18, then you get 500 bucks. And if they're all the way up to age 23, you get 500 bucks as long as they're a full-time student. A $500 tax credit. $500 tax credit, right, for ch- child credit. That is a correct statement. So, um, and you also get $500 for other qualifying dependents. Like, let's say your parents, for example. So, let's talk about a dependent because that's really pretty confusing in and of itself is when you have a kid 18 and under, they're a dependent. When you have a kid up to age 23 and they're full-time student at least five months out of the year, they're, they're a dependent. And when you have a parent where you pay at least half of their support and they make less than about 4,000 bucks, they're a dependent. So you do get a benefit. Now in this case, uh, I will still stand by the, um, if, if, the, if David had not claimed her as a dependent, then she would get $1,200 potentially and he would be out the $500. But he would, um, the, the, his kid is only getting a little bit of UNTMA, right? He's not working. He's not employed. He's not living independently is what David said. Yeah. Well, sure. <laughs> I mean, his kid, he's like, Most kids in their 20s are not living You are not living independently at all. <laughs> um, so if, if he's not filing the tax return, he's not going to get the stimulus. Yeah, you'd have to file a return. You got to yeah. file a return yeah. unless you're claiming Social Security benefits. Yeah, but but to get back to the one of the questions in 2020, uh, if uh, David's daughter files in 20 with enough income, then she would qualify for the stimulus. Then, even though she didn't get it in 19, because it's really a, it's an advance payment for 2020. Right, it's a 2020 tax credit. And so if the child then files a tax return in 2020, then they would receive a tax. It's a refundable tax credit based on the 2020 return. So David got the $500 this year, got his stimulus, right? But then next year, if he doesn't claim his child and the child files a tax return, then the child would then receive the, the $1,200 tax credit. It's a refundable tax credit. Right. So he would receive the cash then after he files the 2020 tax return. So one other quick caveat, and some accountants would interpret it, if you qualify as a dependent, you have to be claimed as a dependent. So just check with your accountant to see their interpretation. All right, so we got another one from Tyler. Uh, he didn't give a location, um, which, but he goes, which is unacceptable. I know it's totally BS. He goes, <laughs> he's like, "Hello, Joe, on a recent podcast, you said that claiming a seventeen-year-old is a two thousand dollars tax credit. It's my understanding a seventeen-year-old is worth five hundred dollars, and your dependent needed to be sixteen years or younger to receive two thousand dollars. Am I wrong? Of course, you're not wrong, Tyler. I'm guessing I'm, that was two seventy-one again." <laughs> I I don't know I well, I don't know why I said seventeen. Well, it's in the heat of the moment. It's easy to seventeen and under. Be, be, yeah. Maybe right because it's, it's like well, when well, you're talking about the CARES Act itself, they can't receive the benefit for seventeen. Or, it's not seventeen years old, right? You have to right. be younger than seventeen. So it's easy to think that it should be seventeen and under, but it's actually sixteen and under. It has to be under seventeen. Under seventeen, as Tyler. Of, as of December thirty first of that tax year. So, um, sorry for the confusion there. So, yes, you are accurate. It's five hundred dollars, two thousand. If you are under the age of seventeen, then it's the two thousand uh, dollar tax credit. As long as you uh, qualify under uh, the adjusted gross income limitations, which is quite large now, it's several hundred thousand dollars. They increased that with the Jobs Act. So, uh, my bad, Tyler. So, just a 
miscommunication of words there, but he is yeah, accurate. By, by the way, that credit, that child credit phases out at 200,000 of income, single, 400,000 married. 400 married, yeah. Yep. So, okay, uh, we got Todd from Williamsport, Maryland. Same so, question. <laughs> Joe, Al, Andy, love the show. Have binged every episode. I do have a correction for you. In the recent two, in the last two recent shows I've listened to, you have both agreed there is no advantage to claim independent over 17 on your taxes. I do have a 23-year-old daughter that just graduated college, and I ran the numbers both ways. She does get a $500 dependent credit and a credit for the education expenses for both federal and state, totaling $2,700. If I don't claim her and she claims herself, she is not eligible for any of it, regardless of the stimulus check we come out ahead by claiming her. I verified my numbers with my tax preparer, and they came out the same as mine. Well, Todd. We, we stand corrected. We stand corrected. Yep. We're Very call, good. Call, fact check. We're called out on this. <laughs> fact check. <laughs> we just laid an egg on this one. Jesus. Apparently. Apparently. Don't <laughs> listen God. to 271. We thought it was a good episode. Not yeah. really. Yeah. I'm like, these guys are idiots. <laughs> My God. <laughs> but you'd know if you have a 23-year-old daughter. No. Todd, because I have a 23-year-old girlfriend. <laughs> you, you claim her. I claim her, yes. Oh, TMI. Oh, boy. Uh, all right, cool. All right, Ooh, so man. let's go. Where do you want to go? Um, all right, so is that all the CARES Act? So we got the CARES Act. We're good. Yeah, There's so. Jeremy at the end of that same page asking the same question. Really? Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Another one telling us. Another one. Oh, Jeremy. Hello, Joe, Al, um, Andy. I've had seen conflicting information about the stimulus payments with regards to dependents. If the restriction on whether someone claimed you as a dependent or is it based on uh, ticking the box of the, what, what is ticking? That'd be like ticking a, the box. Can someone claim you as ticking? a dependent? That'd be like TurboTax. You got Tick the box. Oh, tick the box, or I, I say check the box. Yeah, but well, you can tick, tick, tick it, the box. If you want. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like kick the bucket. More boxes. Tick some box. Uh, can someone claim you as a dependent? Basically, should I mend my taxes to stop claiming my college kids, or is there no point? There has been no reason for me to claim them uh, for some time, other than inertia. Even under the old tax laws, I was over the income limit for potential exemptions, let alone the child tax credits. Uh, thanks. Love your podcast. Uh, so I guess it depends on how much money Jeremy makes to claim, right? Yeah, if he yeah. makes over a couple hundred grand, it probably doesn't. Yeah, if he's two, married, if, yeah, 400. Two, right. Yeah. 200 single, 400,000 married. That's where it starts phasing out. And I think if I'm not mistaken, the phase out, and I, I'm going to get fact checked on this, but I think it's 200,000 to 240 for single and maybe it's double that for married, but at a certain income level, there is no benefit whatsoever. So, all right. Um, There's one more stimulus question. It's on the very first page. It's the second question. Oh boy. Okay. I said, I put it as stimulus instead of cares act. I should have known better. Got it. Okay. Um, okay. I'm 69 and collecting. This is from Robert. Uh, Robert doesn't tell us where he's from. Uh, I'm 69 and collecting Social Security benefits. I did my 2019 taxes, but did not get a refund I had to pay. Sent the IRS a check. I'll be getting the stimulus payment in how? Will I be? Oh, will I be? Yeah. No. Getting a stimulus payment in how? Love your YouTube videos. YouTuber. <laughs> YouTube. Awesome. Just binging the YouTube. Nice. Yeah. So I would say, Robert, your question was, uh, I guess we didn't get to it the last couple of shows. This was asked on April 14th. 
you probably got it by now is what I'm guessing. <laughs> Since we're a little bit late here. We, we, we have all of the news some of the time as, as, as expedient as we could possibly do. Okay. Oh, There's no good news without Gary good news. Wow, that's now going the, back. The only, the only reason Remember Robert, that show? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The, the Great Space Coaster? Right. Yep, like came that. on gonna, sometime right after Sesame Street, didn't it? You, you got it. I was gonna tell. I was gonna tell Robert that if his income was too high for 2019, then he wouldn't necessarily get the stimulus. If it's lower in 2020, he could get it then. But I'm guessing because of the date of this question, he probably already has it. Okay, uh, kind of powering through today. We're getting caught up. Um, yeah, we got a little behind, didn't we? A little bit. I mean, yeah. they're, they're rifling in, and when yeah, you screw are. up a, an episode with one thing, I know. We I got, mean, you get fourteen emails that, right there. That's a good way to get emails. Screw it <laughs> just, up. Just, have people disagree with. Yeah, us. just blow yourself up. Right. Just. Um, it's not easy. I mean, it's not hard for us to do that. <laughs> All right, where, where are we at here? Um, John from yeah. San Diego. Yep. Okay. And he read a question on my birthday. He did. April 17th. All right. Um, is that like a, a sick plug for me to say happy birthday to you? Yeah. <laughs> got it. Are you going to say? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, That's a relief, by the way. You got it. Can I legally convert all or part of my RMD from my IRA to my Roth IRA? Naturally, I would pay the tax on the IRA withdrawal, use part of it for living expenses, and reserve the rest for future use in my Roth. I received conflicting information regarding this issue. I appreciate your advice. Feel free to use your question on the show. Thank you for all your consideration. So can I legally convert all or part of my RMD from my IRA to my Roth IRA? The answer is no, John. An RMD is a distribution. You cannot convert a distribution. However, you can still do a Roth conversion, uh, but you cannot convert a required minimum distribution. However, there rule. is no, huh? yeah, right? Yeah, so that's what I was going to say. There's a workaround for 2020, and that is you do not have to take your required minimum distribution. So you could take what that would have been and convert that, and you end up with the same thing or all or part of it. That's up to you, but that's only good for 2020. Yeah, can I legally, yeah, so that's only 2020. So, you know, there's there's talk, too, that I'm seeing is that they want more RMD relief. Um, um I'm interested to see that they'll probably do something different with RMDs down the road. Yeah, maybe. You know, the interesting thing to me is is most people take more than their RMD anyway because they need it. Well, here's what they're going to do, Al. This is my theory. Oh, you got your, okay. If you have an account balance of under two hundred fifty thousand dollars, they're going to waive all RMDs. Yeah. You will not have to take an RMD because you're going to take more than that. Because right? you're, yes, you're going to take more, you're going to deplete the 250 over right, your lifetime. Right. So it doesn't even matter. If you have let's say an IRA of 500 or a million dollars more, they're the RMD is going to double on you. Yeah, maybe. Right. <laughs> right, they're going to they, force they, more of those dollars their, out. They want their tax money. So it's going to affect, you know, 80% have probably could eliminate the RMD and then the 20% yeah, that, that they'll get be. killed. Well, let's say you're um you got a big pension, so you got two hundred thousand saved in your IRA, but you never need it. So then you would basically benefit from that rule, if that's what happens. Okay, so that's like point four percent. Or what if you're really frugal? <laughs> yes. 
You, you live off your social security. I suppose. I mean, there's all sorts of different things. Yeah. But you probably have more than $250,000 in a retirement account if you're pretty frugal. And right. you can live off of your social Not security. Not made minimum wage. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> just, just saying. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, I guess we could, I could say a lot of things. Man, we're talking about... A rule that's not a rule. It just came out of Jersey. So just, don't, don't go Google it. Right. Where's this rule? Hey, I, yeah, I listened to a show 274 where Anderson's talking about they got rid of RMDs. Yeah, and if it's 500 or more, you got to take double. Or, when's that going to fit? Yeah, no, this is just us, a couple guys talking. So if I don't take double this year, do I get what, what happens? Uh, Bill from Mission Viejo. So it goes big, Al, Joe, and Andy. I have a couple of questions about RMDs and QCDs for 2020. I read that the CARES Act exempts the requirement to take an RMD for 2020. But if you do a withdrawal from an IRA in 2020, is some or all of it considered an RMD? If it isn't, it seems like a good opportunity to do a Roth conversion. What say you all, wise ones? If you skip doing an RMD for 2020, can you still do a QCD up to the limit, correct? Great podcast. Keep them coming. Thanks, Bill. Up to five from San Diego and Mission Viejo. You got it, Bill. Right on target there, buddy. Um, yes. If you're not, the, the, the RMDs are suspended, and so it's a good time to do a conversion. Absolutely. Can you still do the QCD? The answer is yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. And what, what's kind of weird to me is the uh, SECURE Act changed that the RMD age to 72, but QCD didn't change. So it's still 70 and a half for that. So even though theoretically you don't have an RMD requirement, which is true for everybody in 2020, you can still do the QCD up to $100,000 a person. So if you want to give $100,000 of the retirement account to uh, charity, you can do so. So, so the way that that goes is it has to go directly from your IRA to charity. You can't get the cash and then give it to charity. It doesn't work that way. Cool. All right. Right on target there, Bill. Thanks for the question. I'll say it. Very happy belated birthday, Al. I'm glad you're here. Anyway, hey, thanks to everyone who caught that fumble in episode 271. It is awesome to see how many people actually listen to YMYW so closely. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app, then click Ask Joe and Al on air in the podcast show notes and keep sending us your questions, comments, suggestions, stories, and yes, even your corrections. Okay. Okay. Let's uh, move on here. Market volatility. Joseph, I uh, replied to a prospecting marketing. Yes, we have a prospecting marketing. It's all this stuff. That's in blue. That was for you. Oh, I don't have any. Oh. Okay. Um, is all this stuff going on for 2 or 3%? Why not just live off your cash in the big straight money? Plus, Plus your social security. security. All right. Well, yeah. I don't know what that means. Is this the one with the, the voicemail to you? Yeah. Well, that, I think that means if you, if you can make 2 or 3% on your cash in your bank, call, why not? Call again. If you can. And yeah, if you can, if you get if you got it locked in and if, if that's enough income plus your social security, how about it? Yeah. But the problem, one of the problems with that is that we know it's over the long term, it's not going to keep up with inflation. So, that's why we usually have people invest in some other stuff too, but yeah, I mean, if 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 someone has plenty of money, and they don't need to take risk for the rest of their life. Why do it? I agree with that. I said that once and people freaked out. I do remember. Well, you said it differently. I know. You said go to cats. <laughs> I'm not saying that. 
<laughs> I'm not saying go to cash. I'm just saying if you got if you got plenty of money and you ne- and you and they should have followed that advice. To be honest with you, yeah, because I, I timed it. <laughs> yeah, as it turned <laughs> out, right? Okay. Um, we got Zachary from Durham, New Hampshire. Never been there. Never no. really heard of it. <laughs> okay. Hey, Joe, Alan, Andy. Thanks for producing such great content. I really enjoy listening to your podcast on my way to work. All right. So it's chilling. I wonder what he's driving. <laughs> I guess dog does he have? You're right. But, right? But I mean, he's, he's only 23, so he's probably... Probably not something really Honda Accord. Cool, yeah. hey, what do you think? Keep riding. Wait, wait reading. Civic. See what. Wait till you see what he says. I, I think, a little uh, Civic, Nissan Sentra. Oh, Nissan Sentra. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. All right, cool. Well, now I'm, I'm you know, just, just thinking, thinking about New Hampshire in in Zachary, just chilling. Yeah, just driving to work, listening to this podcast right now, and yeah, he's probably yeah. like, "Holy stuff!" Yeah, man, this these is, guys are talking about good me. stuff because apparently he wants to become a CFP. Maybe after listening to our show. Yeah. Oh, wow. You skipped ahead here, Al. I know. I'm 23 years old, and I hope to eventually become a CFP. Certified Financial Planner. Wow. Exclamation point. Yes. Wants to be just like Joe. Just like me. I'm a Certified Financial Planner. How about a CPA? Uh, that sounds pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fun. Uh, although I completely understand the question I'm about to ask is going to make you uh, both go, yikes. Oh, okay. Ooh. Well, first of all, Zachary, I don't think I've ever said yikes. I want to see it. <laughs> in see in you, the history of my life. Let's see if you say it on this one. All right. Maybe I'll say it. I've been contributing 20% of my 401k for the last few years. Let's say I want to light a fire in my investments. Yeah, I like that. Uh, but because I'm younger, don't have the income to support contributions outside of my 401k. Purely hypothetical. With interest rates so low, Say I was able to take out a $100,000 HELOC at 2.75% variable tied to prime for 25 years. Being young and able to take advantage of market volatility, why would it be ill-advised to use those funds in a brokerage account invested in large index funds like the S&P 500 or well-diversified portfolio? Love to hear your thoughts. Thanks again. Uh, Zachary, well, best of luck on their career path to becoming a certified financial planner. Are you going to say yikes? Yikes! <laughs> Zachary! <laughs> okay, good. I can sleep now yes. knowing you said yikes. Oh. So can Zachary. Leverage. Ooh, what he's talking about is he's going he's gonna to take some money out at 2.75%. How does Zachary own a home at age 23? I mean, this is what I'm saying. He probably uh, drives a Lexus. Well, I think in Durham, North New Hampshire, they're, <laughs> they're not, giving him away. expensive. Yeah. He's probably cruising around in that little Honda Accord, chilling. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's, so here's the deal. People do that every day, but they don't necessarily take a HELOC on their home. They, they open up like a margin account in their brokerage account. So they're using other people's money uh, to potentially earn more than the cost of debt, which you realize is pretty cheap. Uh, the only problem is, is that if that $100,000 goes down to $50,000, you still have your HELOC payment, and let's say you lose your job. You don't become the famous CFP that you want to be. Um, and then all of a sudden, now you have this extra 100000 debt that's now worth $50,000. Um, so th- 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 those are the issues. I don't, I don't hate the idea, to be honest with you, because people take a $100,000 HELOC out of their house every single day, and then they buy crap with it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I suppose. Well, you know, they buy like, you know, let's buy some jet skis. At least he's trying to invest in Right. Yeah. So Activator masks. But he likes their variable, right? So that's a little scary. You're at all-time low interest rates. Where are they going to go? Of course, we've been saying that for a decade or more. So maybe, I mean, they're, maybe it's the new normal on that. Um, I mean, look at the national debt. I mean, if they increase interest rates, I yeah, mean, we're, the, we're, there's we're, no way we would go. The country's bankrupt. So <laughs> we would blow we, ourselves we, we gotta up. we got to keep them low. I don't know. So here, here's, here's my issue. Speaking from experience, uh, I have. Of leverage? Yeah. And so, burning your, your your shorts. Yes, got it. So I bought uh, two single-family homes in Phoenix for one hundred fifty thousand each, and I put uh, what did I put down? Twenty. Put down ten percent, right? So I was ninety percent levered. Uh, eventually, one of those uh, went up in value, so I refinanced it to pay off because I had to do two loans, an 80% loan, then a 10% loan. Remember, remember <laughs> yes. that stuff? And so then, so I was kind of- It's better I, than an 80-20. Yeah, I was kind of leveraged. And of course, since I had some equity, I took a little out <laughs> so I could buy my Mustang. <laughs> Did you really, uh, Al? Yeah. yeah, it was a convertible. Yeah. Oh, Red wow. Actually, I, I got the Mustang on another strategy, which I'll be glad to share. That was a convertible <laughs> strategy. A- anyway, so- but then the market, then the market value probably went up to 200, 225. Uh, but then the Great Recession hit, and the market value went down to about eighty thousand, and my loan was about one hundred and fifty. <laughs> and all of a sudden, my rent, my renters could not afford the rent payment, so I had to lower the rent, including one who I had to evict. And, and it's like, it's painful. It can be painful. Just be careful of leverage, is what I'm going to tell you as an older guy. Because yeah, then it's like you you got this debt that you're paying on the market value underlying that debt is lower than the debt that you're paying. Yeah. It, it, and then the, your renters that you thought were going to pay for everything yeah. is now gone. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is your home. So it's, you don't have a renter, but if, if, if as you just said, Joe, if uh, Zachary loses his job, it's kind of the same, same. Now you can't afford the mortgage. Yep. And then you're not going to be, and the stock market will probably have crashed at that point. And you're thinking, why did I do this? Right. So just, just be careful on paper. It sounds fine. I wouldn't do it myself based upon my own life experience. But he's 23. You were doing this at, in your thirties and forties. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just saying, don't yeah, do he had a little empire. Well, he's going to retire. Because he's going to retire at 55. Look at him now. He's still grinding away on this podcast. At I, remember, 62. I remember when I bought my first rental at age 28 and my grandmother said, don't get too levered. And I remember thinking, ah, that's just an old person talking. Yeah, she's an old now, lady. Now I'm the old person. <laughs> uh, all right, Zachary. Good luck with everything. If you have any more questions um, or just want some um, advice in the industry of becoming a CFP, um, more than happy to help out, reach out, do whatever. Um, so you know where to find us. All right. Well, hey, that's it for us. Thanks, guys, for joining us on the webinar. Thanks again for your questions on the podcast. If you want us to do more webinars, um, you might be able to con us into doing a couple more um, during this COVID stuff. Um, we're, we got these things dialed in. So have a wonderful week, everyone. We'll see you next week. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. Got a couple derails at the end of the episode, so stick around while I tell you that Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the free assessment button at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule a free financial assessment video conference with a certified financial planner from Pure. Again, just visit yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment. Pure Financial Advisors is a 
a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Um, middle of May, still quarantined. It's all right. Getting through it. One more day. That's what I keep saying every morning. One more day? Yeah. One more day closer. One more day closer to normal. Yeah. Turns out normal's going to be gradual. I guess. Yeah. Or ever. We have a new normal. A new normal? Yeah. And I'm fine with a new normal. Well, eventually we'll have a vaccine and we'll have treatments. So I'd say we'll have normal someday again. Okay. Um, what, what do we got? I don't even know. How much time do we got? You got as much as you want. A free for, is this a freebie or it's just a free a, for all? Okay, cool. <laughs> all right. We can go as long as we want. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, within reason. Okay. You can go 20 minutes if you want. Wow. Um, never got that right before. Have you been to New I've Hampshire been, at all? No. Don't even know where it is on the map. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've been to I've been to Vermont. Actually, we drove through New Hampshire. New Hampshire's a s- small little guy. Yeah. It's right next In to the northeast. Yes. North, well, yeah, I knew it's northeast. But. <laughs> you said you had no idea where it was on the map. Well, I was I worried about I mean, you, Joe. Yeah. So well, I, it's it's a, like south of Maine and north of New York. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's kind of true. Depends on what. Aren't Vermont and New Hampshire the ones that are like side by side that are upside down? Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They shaking anyway, hands or something. Anyway, yeah. we flew into Boston last fall, and Anne has a cousin that lives in Warren, two cousins that live in Warren, Vermont. So we had to drive to New Hampshire from Boston to get to Vermont. Did you stop by Durham and talk to Zachary? I, you know, I, I, if I would have known at that time he was there, I would have been glad to. 